Good morning, church. Welcome to church. We're glad that you're here. Are you glad that you came? Awesome, awesome. Well, Merry Christmas. I know there's still a little ways off, but uh, so many will be traveling and we may not have an opportunity just like this one to say Merry Christmas to you. We're happy that you have come today. Welcome to North Star. Welcome to the services today. Uh, North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. If you believe that, give God another praise clap today. We welcome those that are joining us online. We welcome those who are at our two campuses today, Saltillo and Tupelo. And uh, we hope that you'll come back and, and worship with us. And we're just real people. This is one of our purpose statements. We're, we're real people at North Star who connect people just like you, just like us, to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and to each other. Why? In order to fulfill their life purpose. Our vision at North Star is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That means this nation and the world. And so, because of that, we exist. It's like in our DNA, we exist at North Star as a church. So that those that are far from God will draw near to Him through the power of Jesus Christ. How many know that there's life-changing power in the blood? Amen? Uh, the blood of Jesus. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That's why we're really glad that the prophets in the Old Testament prophesied the coming Savior. Amen? And uh, when Micah prophesied that, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that was a promise kept in this Advent series. It's actually the first series that I've ever preached in all of these many years of preaching that was specifically on Advent. And so I've really enjoyed this. The first week we talked about hope and how Jesus coming to the earth is our hope and, and Advent is the arrival of. So we stand in the tension of between the two realities. While they were looking for the birth of Christ, we look back to the birth, amen? And, and now we're looking for the return of our Lord Jesus when he comes back again. So Advent is really still going on, all right? And so he came to the earth. He's the hope of the world. Maybe you've come today. And when you woke up this morning or when you went to bed last night, there was something going on stirring in your emotions as if you were a person without hope. There are hopeless and helpless people in the world, and Jesus is our hope. Last week we talked about love, how love came down, and how God strolled down the stairway of heaven with a little baby in his arms, and his name is Jesus, Jesus. And today we're going to be talking about, you, you guessed it, I guess you saw it when you got here and you've seen it on the screen, but we're going to be talking about joy today. Last week I said, 
that all of the events of the Christmas story remind us that Jesus is credible, reliable, dependable, and trustworthy. And so today as we look at the subject of joy, uh, joy is one of those words that you can't even say it without smiling. If you do, it just doesn't feel right. Joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In fact, uh, you, you better be glad you weren't with me early this morning because I was singing. I, use, I do better when I'm singing alone or when I'm singing with a lot of people that can't hear me. But I was singing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And he is our joy. Sometimes the days seem difficult. Maybe you've come today and your heart is heavy because of a loss that you've experienced or, or that you're reminded of when Christmas season comes. You know what the Bible says? The Bible's got a word for everything. Amen? The Bible says, weeping for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may endure, may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. In uh, the year 1719, that's a long time ago, there was a, a man by the name of Isaac Watts, Isaac Watts, 1719, wrote a hymn that is sung throughout the world and is called Joy to the World. The Lord is come. Joy to the world. What's interesting about that hymn, it's a Christmas hymn, a Christmas carol that we sing, but only one verse of that beautiful hymn actually talks about the birth of Jesus. He says, joy to the world. It didn't say joy to uh, America because it's not a national joy. It doesn't say joy to the West because it's not a cultural joy. It doesn't say joy to the wealthy. And it's because it's not a financial joy. It doesn't say joy to the healthy because it's not a physical joy. It says joy to the world. And that Christmas night, what happened when hope and love came into the world? Joy came into the world. He says, weeping may endure for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And that's what the psalmist said in Psalm Chapter 30, verse 5, rejoicing comes in the morning. Can I get an amen to that? Is that on the screen? Rejoicing comes in the morning. Rejoicing comes in the morning. It's not on the screen here, but uh, that's cool because I'm going to tell you about that joy today. C.S. Lewis says about that joy, that joy is the serious, I've tried to say that with emphasis, I, I know you could probably tell. C.S. Lewis said, joy is the serious business of heaven. Webster says, joy is delight. Joy is that emotion that is evoked by happiness with a desire, with a prospect 
of what is coming. So today, if you have your Bibles, I want to read the entire passage from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to be to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes, swaddling clothes, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them, no room for them in the inn, one translation says. And there the shepherds living out in the fields nearby, and this is where we're going to hone in on, this is where we're going to focus today. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Would you say that with me? Good news news that will cause now say these two words great joy good news will bring great joy for who for all the people the bible says today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Listen to verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as that as they had been told there was a supernatural inbreaking from heaven to earth when jesus came he came with victory he came to to, to heal he came to bring this good news have you ever, um, have you ever um, experienced something or something happened in your life or in your family or in your work that was the day that changed 
everything. Have you ever had one of those experiences? I was trying to think of some, and I couldn't decide which one I was going to share with you. Uh, I guess it was the birth of our first child. When, when I held that little baby girl on December, the, December the 21st, I'm, I'm not really good with numbers, on December 21st in Memphis, Tennessee, in a little silk red gown. The same happened when my sons were born, but on that day, that was the first child. And as I held that little girl, I want to tell you something. It was a day that changed everything. Do you know that's exactly what happened on Christmas? It was a night that literally changed everything. Verse 10 again, the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I want to tell you today in this message what this Christmas in the Bible reminds me of. First of all, the birth of Jesus, if you're taking notes, would you write this down? The birth of Jesus reminds us of our need. It really does. It reminds us of our, our need for God. There are three truths that I'm going to share with you today, and this is the first one. And that is the truth about ourselves. The birth of Jesus brought good news that will be great joy to all the people. It reminds us, however, that's the good news. We're going to get to the good news in just a minute. But before we get to the good news, we've got to talk about the bad news. Can I get an amen for that? You don't have to amen that. Who likes bad news? We all want good news. But when you look at the birth of Jesus, it, it reminds us that, that there is good news, but it also reminds us that there's some bad news. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Just a few pages over, in chapter 59, he says, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not here. So, Pastor, this is Christmas. I mean, can, can we not talk about something like joyful? Yeah, we, that's, we, we, we are. But we can't look at the joy. We can't look at uh, the love and the hope without realizing that we're unlovable. That we're unlovable. We can't look at the, the hope of Christmas until we realize that we're hopeless. And we can't look at the joy of Christmas until we realize that, that we are without joy. You see, the writer in Proverbs said it this way. He says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. You see, the good news is that Jesus came. The bad news is that we've sinned. We're the reason that he had to come. I've often said this, and you've heard me, that Jesus never asked us to, to remember his birth, but he did tell us to remember his death. Because the coming, the advent of Jesus 
was for one purpose. And he lived 33 years, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, a perfect life. But he died a sinner's death. Do you know something? This is what I know. We need someone to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And that's the gospel. The gospel is God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so as we, we see this passage of Scripture, we're reminded of where it all started. Well, it started in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was a very beautiful place. Did you know that in the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve made the decision that they made, did you know that there were no thorns? Have you ever touched, or of course you have, a, have you ever picked a rose and you've been very careful? But suddenly, out of nowhere, you thought you had dodged all of them, but there was a little thorn that pricked your finger. Did you know that before Adam and Eve rejected God and, and said no to God and went off their own way, did you know that there were no thorns? The Bible says that. Where does the Bible say that? In the book of Genesis. From that day forward, the Bible says sin has been in the world, and it will be covered with thorns and thistles. And so Adam and Eve, living in a perfect garden, there was no disease. There was, there was no death. There was no heavy-heartedness until one day they rejected God. They disobeyed God. And from that day forward, sin has been in the world. We need a Savior. We need, we need the good news. Hear the shepherds were. Minding their own business. Going through the mundane steps of life. They were just ordinary people. Minding their own business. The very hope that they would have. God had been silent for, for hundreds of years. The, very, the only hope that the shepherds might have had was to have food to eat and a place to lay their head. They'd get up every morning. Send the kids to school, eat a little bit of breakfast, and then they would do their job. They would leave their job, and they would go home. They'd lay their head down. It was just an ordinary life. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe, in fact, you have come this weekend thinking, you know, there's something missing in my life. I'm just going through the motions. Has it ever felt that way for you? I don't know why, but sometimes, oftentimes, actually, it's at Christmas time that people get the most depressed. Isn't that crazy? But it's true. Uh, they're depressed because of whatever emotion is uh, evoked in their, in their mind. Maybe it was a loss. Maybe it was something that happened to them earlier in their life. Maybe it's because they're in debt. Maybe it's because they've already overspent, but going through life, maybe we are a lot like the shepherds, and we need the news of the birth, the hope, the love 
and the joy of Jesus coming into our lives. Again, verse 10 and 11, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And from that day forward in the Garden of Eden, when sin, disease, then thus came on the world. While there were to be no death, after the sin in the Garden of Eden, death has been in the world. While there was no sickness, now there's sickness in the world. And that's the bad news. The bad news is, is that the birth of Jesus reminds me, it's really, if you look at it the right way, it's really not bad news, it's just reality. But the good news is that Jesus came. The good news is, is that Jesus came to the earth. So what does the birth of Jesus remind me? (coughs) Not only does it remind me of my need, it reminds me of the Great joy for all people. It seems difficult to talk about joy and death at the same time. But the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 1 why Jesus came. It says, this is the Christmas story, she will give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name Jesus. Because why? He will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. In our text today, I've read it three times. It says, good news, great joy. Good news, great joy. The word in the Greek for good news, comes from the word that we get the word evangelism. Isn't that interesting? And evangelism is sharing the good news. Well, it was indeed good news. So the second truth today is that it reminds us of Jesus. It reminds us that we have hope in him. The second truth is not only the truth about ourselves, But the second truth is the truth about Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. Not since the garden has God stepped into humanity. He was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, but not since then had God stepped into humanity. There was a rift. There was a a chasm There was a a great divide between man and God, and God stepped into humanity. Never since the garden. Temples have been built. Sacrifices have been made. Entire religious systems have been created so that God could interact with fallen humanity. But on that Christmas day, Jesus came to earth. God himself enters hopeless world. The shepherds were not told to uh, 
look, uh, by the angel, look, uh, go look for Jesus in the palace of a king. No, they were told to go look for Jesus in a stable. Jesus was not surrounded by servants. When Jesus was born, he was surrounded by sheep. Jesus was not laid in a plush, comfortable uh, bed. Jesus was laid in a feeding trough. He was not wrapped in velvet linen, velvet cloth. Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes. You see, 2,000 years ago, one baby was born who would shape the entire destiny of the world. Did you know that that may be the very reason that God has brought you here today? He said, well, I come here every week or most of the time. Or maybe this is your first time. But did, did, did you know that God orchestrates our time and our, our place so that we can hear what we need to hear when we need to hear it? I love what Romans says about the good news of Jesus. This is the gospel. Romans chapter 5 says this. Well, I, I can't read verse 8 without backing up a little bit, so just, just listen. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's the gospel. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Jesus is the conquering hero that we need. <laughs> he is the rescuer of souls, our soul. Jesus, Jesus is the hope of all nations. What about you? Is he your hope? If we'd have needed uh, information, God would have sent an educator. If we had needed technology, God would have sent a scientist. If, if, if we needed pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But we need a Savior. So he sent his son Jesus to die for us. So here's the question. What will you do with the good news? It's one thing to hear it, but will you act on it? It's one thing to, to come to church on what we call Christmas weekend, but what will you do with the hope? With knowledge, I've often heard, comes responsibility. You see, now that we have heard, now that we have read, it is our responsibility to trust Him. 
Maybe you're sitting there or listening and you're thinking, you know, man, I kind of feel like the shepherd's just going through the mundane, ordinary life that I'm living. But like the shepherds, I'm missing something. I've tried religion, but religion will not satisfy. I've tried relationships and more relationships, but they don't bring that joy that only comes from God. The contractions were close together. (laughs) Seconds. One final push. And this is what happened. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Have you made the decision to follow the Savior? Have you made the decision to say yes to God? Maybe you've been going through the motions, but you've never made that decision. I want to give you that opportunity on this day. Let's bow our heads together. If you realize for the very first time that you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, I'm telling you today, He is the hope of Christmas. He is the love of Christmas. He is the joy of Christmas. So, Pastor Terry, how how do I do that? I want to know for certain that I'm going to heaven. I want to know for certain that I'm forgiven. It's a decision that's made from the heart. It's saying yes to Christ. It's putting your trust in Him. You can articulate it through prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer just as an example, but it's, it's more than just repeating words, okay? It's a decision made from your heart. You can say something like this, Dear God, I'm the one you came to die for. I know that I'm a sinner. Dear God, I believe that Jesus is my Savior and that He went to the cross and He paid the sin debt. All of my sins, all of my iniquities, were laid on him. But it didn't end there, and I believe that. I believe that he rose again on the third day. Dear God, today, I repent. I turn from my sins, and I turn to Jesus. Come live in my heart. I put my trust in you, and I follow you as Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask that no one's moving around. This is a very sacred moment because I believe that there are people at both of our campuses and those that are watching online that for the very first time, this is going to be a different Christmas because you put your trust in Jesus once and for all. If you made that decision today, I want to ask that you do something. 
when you came through the doors today, you received a, a listening guide. And at the bottom, there's a, a card that you can fill out. I want to ask you to, to fill that out. If today you gave your heart to Christ, would you indicate that on the card? And if you'll bring it to guest services, we have a book that we'll give you, that will help you. Maybe your prayer today is, God, I do know you. But because of these things or these circumstances, God, I've, I have not put you first in my life like I should. Or maybe your prayer today is, Lord, thank you, Jesus, the joy of the world. Help me to share that joy with others. Now I'm going to ask that you stand with me and at both campuses, please stand. I just want to pray over you. Heavenly Father, we need you. And God, this Christmas season and the hustle and bustle of the shopping and the parties and the gatherings, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you just help us to, to slow down and to listen to your still, small voice. And God, as I mentioned a moment ago, help us to, to share the good news of Jesus with others. Help us not to be so timid and shy and introverted that, God, we don't open up and share the hope, the love, and the joy of Jesus God, I pray for everyone that is listening. I pray, God, that you would guide our steps this Christmas. Give us patience and long-suffering and give us the joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so, God, today I pray that you would help us to live our lives for you. God, we love you. And we're thankful for Jesus. In Jesus' wonderful, matchless, precious name that we pray. Amen.